Hi, I'm Mari. And hi, I'm Ethan. And this is the fifth episode of Corona Kids, a podcast where we talk about some of the questions kids have about COVID-19, the disease caused by the novel coronavirus SARS-CoV-2. Okay, Omari, what's your first question this week? Um, why are so many people dying? Yeah, a lot of people are getting really sick, and a lot of people are dying of COVID-19. Do you have any ideas based on what you've heard or what we've talked about, about why so many people are dying and what it means to be a lot? Like, how, how are you defining a lot of people dying? Um, I don't know what defining means, so. How do you understand a lot of people or so many people? What does that mean to you? I mean, like, 100 people. Okay. So what do you think? Um. Maybe it's spreading very fast when they're, like, sitting next to each other and someone has the coronavirus, but they don't know. Yeah, that's that's part of the reason that the disease is spreading so widely. But I guess that's kind of a different question from why so many people are dying, right? Yeah. Because does everyone who gets sick with COVID-19 die? No. Do you know roughly what percentage of people who get sick with COVID-19 die? Um, I don't know what percentage means. Yeah, so it's if 100 people get COVID-19, how many people out of 100 do you think are, are dying? Um, maybe 37? Whoa, that's a very high mortality rate. Right now, uh, scientists and epidemiologists are are still getting more information about exactly how many people are are dying from COVID-19. But a lot of estimates say that it's around 1%. So about one out of every 100 people who gets COVID-19 or less is, is dying. And that information is a little bit different depending upon which country you're in and which part of which country you're in. Um, and part of that is, is that when we think about why people are dying from this disease, there are a bunch of different reasons. One is that this virus makes people really sick, right? And one of the ways it makes people sick that we talked about in an earlier episode is it attacks the cells in their lungs. And as a result, sometimes people get what's called pneumonia and their lungs fill up with fluid and it makes it very hard for them to breathe. And if they can't breathe, then sometimes they they die, right? Yeah. So that's one way how this disease is, is causing people to die. But then there are also a lot of deaths that are harder to pinpoint exactly how they're related to this novel coronavirus. A lot of statistics are showing that there are a lot more people dying than usual, even though those people maybe have not been diagnosed or or told that they have COVID-19. But what do you think happens in a hospital when all of the doctors are really busy trying to take care of a bunch of people with COVID-19. Do you think that they have the same time and energy to take care of other people who get sick? No. 
Right. And do you think right now, if someone was feeling kind of sick, that they would really want to go to the hospital? Um, maybe not. Why? Tell me more about it. there's, um, coronavirus is like everywhere in the world right now. And do you think it's especially true that there are a lot of people, maybe more people with COVID-19 in hospitals than elsewhere? Yeah. Yeah. So this is another reason why there are a lot of people who are dying is that one, hospitals are stressed. They're overwhelmed. They have so many patients in areas um, where there are a lot of infections that they can't take as good a care of people who are sick with other things as they normally would. And some of those people are dying as well. And then there's also the fact that some people who are really sick and should go to the hospital are maybe making a bad decision to stay home and not get help. And that's because they're scared of getting COVID-19 if they go to a hospital. So they end up dying from other illnesses because they don't want to go get medical help at a hospital. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. So there are the number of people that are are dying because they're suffering the harm to their body from the novel coronavirus itself. And then there are all these other deaths that are happening as well from things not specifically related to COVID-19, but as a result of stresses on on our health system. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think one thing that is still helpful to keep in mind is that, you know, when you said maybe 37 out of 100 people die from coronavirus who get coronavirus, that's that's it's not that high. And do you have any idea what kind of people generally are are dying from COVID-19? Like, is it young people or older people? Oh, very old people can die. What does it mean to be very old to you? Like 12 years old and older? No, like very, very old. It's like 72. Mm. You're right that it's the the number of people who are dying of COVID-19 are mostly people over the age of 60. Yeah. But there are still people who can die who are younger than that, right? Yeah. It also doesn't help if you have other uh, health issues, like if you have respiratory issues anyway, so like other um, difficulties with your lungs or with your breathing, or if you have diabetes or other, uh, other illnesses like that, it makes it more likely that you might die from COVID-19. What are diabetes? Yeah, diabetes is another type of illness that people get. Um, it has to do with their blood sugar levels. But I don't think we should probably go into a lot of detail about that right now. Is that okay? Yeah. Do you have more questions that you want to talk about? Yeah, can you see all viruses? I can see all viruses. <laughs> no. That's my superpower. No. Can you see all viruses? No, but remember you said you could see the coronavirus if you had a very powerful microscope. And 
I was wondering if you could see, like, all the other viruses that we know of um, with that powerful microscope, too. Do you have a guess? Maybe yes. Maybe yes? I think maybe you are right. Yes. Yeah, viruses are all very small, but even among viruses, some are bigger than others, so some are easier to see with a less powerful microscope. Some require a really powerful microscope, and they don't all look exactly the same. I think we talked about this once already, but do you remember why this type of virus is called a coronavirus? No, I forget. Corona in Latin and also in Spanish means crown. And when we think of a crown that like a king or queen would wear on it, his or her head, what it, it's kind of like spiky and sharp, right? Mm-hmm. And so coronaviruses have these spiky proteins that surround them. And uh, that's, that's why it's called a coronavirus. When you look at it under a very powerful microscope, it has like these little points that stick out around it. Yeah, I knew that because, because I saw a spiky thing and it was a coronavirus video um, on Brain Pop Jr. What did the video on Brain Pop Jr. teach you about? Um, I forget because that was when I was still in school. Oh, really? Yeah. That might have been in February. I see. Well, it might have been in March, too, because there, the coronavirus wasn't in the U.S. yet, but it was in China. That's actually interesting that you bring that up. The more that we start to learn about why some people might have been dying in February in the United States, it seems like it was in Washington State and maybe in New York State, especially in New York City much earlier than we originally thought. So at least in February, maybe even in late January in places like Washington State. Wow. Mm -hmm. But anyway, my point about the what coronaviruses look like under a microscope is that not all of them are going to have those pointy spike proteins surrounding them. Some of them are going to look differently. And remember, we also talked about how The coronavirus, because it's so small, it doesn't reflect any light, which means it's colorless. Yeah, because in Brain Pop Jr., I saw that was red. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so we talked about how that's a digitally enhanced image that makes it easier to see what it looks like. So as far as I know, all viruses are the same way. They're too small to reflect light. I could be wrong on that. I'm not sure. So I need to look up and make sure that that's true. But they're all really, really small. We'll be right back after this public service announcement. Don't fly on a plane. You will maybe get COVID-19 because when you land, you might be in a place with a lot of COVID-19. Okay. Now are we going to move on? No, I think we should talk about this more. Okay. I'm kidding. What's your next question? Okay. Do viruses sleep at nighttime? Do kids who are not going to school right now sleep at nighttime? Yeah. 
do you sleep as much as you normally would? Yeah, so I'm I'm still awake at like ten right now. Even though I go in bed at like eight. Your question though is not about whether kids are sleeping at night, but rather whether viruses sleep. Yeah. You have any guesses? No. No, you don't have a guess or no, they don't sleep? No, they don't sleep. Well, let me ask you a question. Are you talking about the SARS-CoV-2 virus specifically? Or are you asking about all viruses? All viruses. Okay. Viruses, are they alive? I don't know. Yes? I think we talked about this in one of our earlier episodes. Do you remember what we talked about? No. Most scientists would say that viruses are not a living organism. Okay. Because they require a host, right? They can only reproduce inside of another organism that is alive. Yeah. So they don't sleep necessarily, but some viruses can go through a latency period. Do you know what that means? No. So some viruses, like the virus that causes chicken pox. Have you had chicken pox? Um, I don't know what those are even. Yeah, chicken pox is a, a disease that's caused by a virus. And when I was a kid, there was no vaccine for chicken pox. It was kind of like a rite of passage. All kids at some point got chicken pox and it made like these really itchy spots on your skin that were bright red and you got a really bad fever and you felt just awful for about a week. Oh, that probably hurts. It hurts a lot. And I actually have some scars on my body from where I did something you're not supposed to do, which is when you get a chicken pox like lesion on your skin you're not supposed to scratch a lot they itch so badly so i itched some of them really badly and it made scars on my skin but guess what happened what really shortly after i had chicken pox because i had chicken pox later in my life than most people do i think i was uh maybe 13 or 14 years old when i got chicken pox shortly after that they developed a vaccine for chicken pox that protected people who got that vaccine from getting chicken pox. Wow. So do you think you've had the chicken pox vaccine? Yeah. You bet you have. So you should never have chicken pox. And I'm very thankful for that. Anyway, you were asking a question about whether viruses sleep. And I was talking about viral latency. And the virus that causes chicken pox has a special feature where it stays inside of our body for the rest of our lives after we've had it. And it's kind of not, it's not sleeping, but it's not active either. It's almost like a dormancy period or like a hibernation period. Like, you know how some animals over the winter hibernate? Oh, they sleep. They kind of sleep, but they just, their body kind of slows down. They're not active anymore, like bears go into their dens and just kind of sleep. What about woodchucks or groundhogs? They sleep. 
they go into their burrows under our shed in the backyard and they sleep. So the some viruses kind of do a similar thing where they just like find a part of the body, they go into a cell and they just hang out there. You want to know something interesting about viral latency that I read recently? What? So some viruses, like some of the herpes viruses, that do stay in our body, even though they're not actively reproducing, they have this viral latency period. Guess what happens when someone goes into space? Uh, I don't know. Do you have any guesses? No. Sometimes going into space, the effects of being in space wakes those viruses up. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that's especially true for some of the latent herpes viruses in people's bodies. But to answer the question about SARS-CoV-2 specifically, scientists still don't know yet. It's too early to know whether SARS-CoV-2 might be latent in the body. Okay, now are we going to move on? I think we should. And we can thank one of our avid listeners, Yaya in Kingston, New York, for calling in with this question. Let's take a listen. Hi, Corona Kids. This is Yaya. I'm infinity years old, and I live in Kingston, New York. And my question is, what can kids do to help their families and communities during this time of COVID-19? Thank you. That was a pretty good question. Yeah, thanks for that question, Yaya. And Omari, if other listeners have questions, is there a number that they can call? Yep. 845-481-3620. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you, and we'll probably play your question on a future episode. But let's get back to Yaya's question. So Yaya wants to know what kids can do to help their families and their communities during this pandemic. That's a great question and a tough one. Do you have any ideas on that? Oh, that's so tough. I might not know that. I think that what kids can do is run around the house making nonsensical sounds as loudly as possible when their parents are trying to work all day long. No. Do you know anyone who would possibly do that? Me? I I don't know. Would you do that? No. Hmm, I don't know. This contributor might disagree with that assessment. <laughs> I think one thing that you've been doing that's that's a nice thing to do for people right now is you've been writing a lot of letters. Yeah. Who have you written letters to lately? Emil. Your cousin Emil. Hi, Emil. Hi. He was the one who made the cat sound. Correct. In episode four. Who else have you written letters to recently? Um, Aiden. Your friend Aiden? Yep. In my school. And in my class. Mm-hmm. That's two of them. And another recent one, um, I don't know. My cousin Christy. My friend Adele from Boston. Some friends of the family, some old teachers of yours. 
And one of the reasons I think it's important and helpful is it helps make people feel like they're still connected right now. Yeah, and um, I want to wrote a letter to Miss Julie, my teacher. I do remember that. And did she write back? Yeah. Yeah, she wrote back and she gave you some math problems to work on and some good ideas for other activities. So that was really nice of her. I solved the math. It was dynamic subtraction. Do you think it's important right now when people are mostly staying home and maybe not seeing as many friends to try to find ways to stay connected? Oh, that's sad. It is sad, but is it important to still try to stay connected to people? No, because you can get coronavirus. That's true if you go see them in person and are not careful. Mm-hmm. But what about finding other ways like writing letters to try to stay connected? That can still work. Yeah. So is that a helpful thing? Yeah. I think especially for kids who maybe have grandparents or elders in their lives who maybe live alone or are not as good at using Zoom, for example, or Microsoft Teams to be able to do video calls, it could be really helpful for kids to reach out to them and make them feel like they're still part of a family in a community, right? Because otherwise, do you think it might be lonely if you were living by yourself right now and you couldn't go out and see friends? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you think you could help people like that? Yeah. Yeah. By writing them letters or calling them on the telephone, things like that. Or calling them on Teams. Yeah, if they have Teams. Sure. Yeah, like all of the people in my class have Teams. So that's one way that kids can help people right now is to just help them feel like they're still connected and part of a family and part of a community. What about, is there a role for kids to play in stopping the spread of COVID-19? Um, I'm not sure. Is there anything that you can do to try to take action to make sure that you don't get sick and that other people don't get sick? Or you can stay home. That's one option if you have that ability to. Yeah, but not everyone has that ability to. So if someone, for example, has to go to the grocery store or go to the laundromat to do laundry, and since there's no school right now and maybe they're a single parent or maybe their partner has to work because they're an essential worker during the day, is there anything that that could could do to, to help try to stay safe? Brr, that's hard. I put my mask. Wearing a mask. I think that's great. Yeah. What about running up and giving everyone a hug that you see? No. Because they they might have coronavirus, but they don't know. And if you hug them, then you might get the coronavirus. That's true. So... Helping to maintain social distancing, at least six feet away from people, and wearing a mask. That's really important. Yeah. Those are things that kids can do to help out. Can I give one idea of something I think kids could do as well? Yeah. This is a really tough time for parents and guardians of kids who are 
often really stressed out because they've lost a lot of things about their normal lives. A lot of people are really worried about money right now because people are losing their jobs. And people who are going to work are just really scared often about maybe getting sick and trying to do everything that they can to stay safe. So I think it'd be very helpful for kids, too, to try to be independent right now, do a lot of things independently, to ask about ways that they might be able to help their family out, to help take on jobs around the house, maybe, like sweeping the floor or vacuuming or things like that, that could be helpful to parents who are just really trying to do more than usual right now under the circumstances. Does that sound like a good way to help families out? Yeah. Yeah. So are we done? I think that concludes the fifth episode of Corona Kids. If you have a question that you'd like to have us discuss in a future episode, Amari, can you share that phone number one more time, please? 845-481-3620. Thanks for listening. Bye. Peace.